0: All right, well welcome back to Noob School. Noob School is where we find great salespeople and business folks that started in sales and we back them back back to when they got started. And we try to learn from them, what they do well, what helped them, what didn't they do well. Today I have, when I say I have a very special guest today, I really mean it. This is my oldest son, Jack, who is uh, with me today. And Jack, uh, I don't need my notes, really, to describe Jack, but he, uh, he went to Rhodes College in Memphis, and he majored in history, and he was a very fine, fine young man, fine young man to raise. And when he was graduating from Rhodes after this very, I would say, expensive history degree, he says to me, I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I think I'm going to enlist in the Navy and become a SEAL. I'm like, really, you know, we could have maybe planned this a little bit better, but nonetheless, that's exactly what he did. He 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 went through the the process, and he of course made it, and um, it was a seal for almost ten years. And then when he got out, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that later. And one of the causes he he promotes uh, here here locally in Greenville. But when he got out, that's when he went into this role of salesperson. So he kind of had almost a ten year. What do you call that? Handicap, not a not a head start. Yeah, but handicap, handicap. Yeah. So he, he started, you know, at, at let's say age thirty as a salesperson versus like most of you at age twenty one or age twenty two. So we'll talk about that and, and, and what he's
1: learned. Um, it's 33. His, 33 was the age three. when I started. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> I like to make numbers up. It's little things.
0: Just make the numbers. So anyway, Jack, thanks for being here today. Uh, we appreciate it. It's great to be here. And thanks for bringing, if you hear any noises, his service dog Echo is back here, lapping up some water, <laughs> maybe doing some yelping later. So Might even see. it's all part of the package. That's right. Yeah. So um, talk to us just a little bit about getting out of college in all seriousness and deciding to join the Navy and that process taking you up until when we started in
1: sales, which was say age 33. First of all, can we curse on this podcast or is this a family friendly podcast? I should have asked before I started Okay. So I had what's called an oh shit moment when I was maybe 19, sitting in a corporate law office my entire life. I thought I liked history to go to law school, become a lawyer, uh, open and shut case. So you were
0: in a corporate law office Four. doing like an internship? Yeah. Internship
1: yeah. At, at, uh, at Floor Daniel, fantastic mm-hmm. law office, loved the law aspect of it, but I was miserable. I had, you know, probably a, a, akin to a midlife crisis, realizing I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And this is not it. I need to get out. Um, missed being on a team and I missed being outside, working hard. And that, your teams previously it. would have been basketball team, track Primarily team. Primarily basketball, but any team, didn't yeah. really matter, whatever yeah. it was. The team environment, locker room, practice, traveling for trips. Um, wins, losses, all of that. You, you, you're battling with your team and that was something that I was missing as a college student. You know, played the intermural sports, didn't really have that kind of focused or, or, or controlled environment. Uh, and I missed that. And those two combinations of, of you know, factors, the, the missing the teams and wanting to kind of be outside and doing them hard, not sitting, you know, behind a desk in any capacity, uh, led me to the SEAL teams. Mm-hmm. Buzz warning order, a challenge, laying down anybody that's interested, if you're like-minded, Come, come, get a taste, and that was what um, set that emotion in my brain. It took about three years from that first spark to actually walking into the enlistment office. You know, I think I do like ten push-ups at the time and no pull-ups. So, for the you were you were right to be chagrined at my well. I my remember audacity. watching you practice swim,
0: and I was like, I might even go in there and get him. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Because you were going so long, it was long. Yeah, it was, yeah, I
1: was a skinny, fat college kid. I was not really doing anything <laughs> productive other than you know drinking beer and making uh, okay, adequate grades. Yeah. Um, and so it was, you know, <laughs> it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I'm, I'm kind of on a, you know, I'm coasting toward something. Yeah. So radically altered course. Um, spent ten years, almost ten years, both as a as a seal team operator and then as an instructor. Uh, for other team guys going through training, um, primarily in communication, so that was kind of the the crossover from what I was doing then to what I'm doing now. Yep. Um, helping people communicate. I mean, it used to be a SEAL platoon, now it's yep. businesses in the area. So,
0: so just so they understand that the story after almost nine, nine or ten years, that's a normal time for a SEAL to either get out or stay until twenty.
1: Yeah, it's if you do twenty, you get to retire. You know, with it, with the pension. <clears throat> And so that's kind of the last you know the, the last stop yeah. if you get out after 10 years you know 10 12 13 15 years it's kind of silly you know you're, you just you know make it the last couple of years yeah. um i had two kids by that point and i was really not enjoying deploying and traveling as much as you did in seal teams with children you can yeah. getting to know your young kids through skype is kind of yeah. painful so yeah. um that was my big why decided yeah. to make the jump after about nine years and Those those two grandchildren. Those two.
0: And you were gone, as I recall, like 80-something percent of
1: the time? That's, give or take, 60 to 80 percent of the time in any given year. uh, You're traveling. A lot of domestic travel, a lot of international travel, plus long deployments. I will say
0: his children are well above (laughs) average. (laughs) They're okay. They're They're pretty good. We're pretty lucky. They're pretty good. So, I think the other reason is because you're you're – I don't think you're hurt that much. Your body's not hurt, but I mean, it
1: it wears you out, right? It does. It does. It it takes a toll. Um, You can kind of see. You you see almost everybody that makes it to twenty is just a walking wreck. Yeah, Um, it's kind of like an NFL athlete or something like that, or someone coming off the gridiron after after a career. Their bodies are messed up, right? You're putting your body through a lot. Um, I was starting to see, especially with my head, um, just kind of repetitive concussive trauma, having taken its toll. So, like you said. Walk around, look pretty, look pretty healthy, yeah. um, but there's plenty of damage there.
0: Well, good. Well, I, I think you made a good decision to go in and to get out when you did. Um, and of course, everyone appreciates that. That's a, that's not an easy. You did not take the easy route. No. You no longer smell like uh, hops and bong resin. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, forget it. Forget I brought that up. Um. Well, not. Not hops, anyway. Moving on. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, so, so then, you know, you. I know that you came to Greenville. You, from, you lived in San Diego all that time. Moved the family to Greenville. And you had to figure out what you're going to do with yourself. So talk us through that process and how
1: you ended up with your own business and Clemson and whole, that whole thing. Yeah. So Clemson was a huge part of it. I, I, I had... Like moved out of Greenville in 2004, moved to Memphis and then to San Diego, uh, both great cities and, and loved Greenville. But it really, when I left in 2004, it wasn't the kind of place where you wanted to come back and raise a family. It was a great community, um, but there's a lot of, of things about the city that were just not that appealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're picking Greenville, you know, independent mm-hmm. of where your family was, yeah. it was not a place that would jump off the map to most people. Yeah. But over the course of that, fifteen or so years where I wasn't living here, every time I came back and got a little snapshot, it was like something changed and, and, and always in the positive. There's very rarely that's gross that used to yeah. be there before. It's almost always a positive change. And so that cumulative effect, you know, kind of coming back and really checking, you know, kicking the tires on Greenville, um, it was it was almost overwhelming. It was incredible how much the city had changed and and um not to mention the great business community, great you know uh, social uh, community, and then uh, the, the the natural environment being in the middle of uh, where we are. I I missed being around seasons uh, mm-hmm. in San Diego. San Diego's endless summer, <laughs> so. Um, but the, the the kind of the final push uh, over the hump was was clemson's mba program being mm-hmm. rehoused downtown greenville oh, That was huge okay you know the idea of going to business school you know once or twice a week down in clemson is a yeah. long drive yeah. and so having that really nice new building downtown mm-hmm. made a huge difference yeah. uh enrolled in clemson's mba program uh worked on some analytics in in, uh, in addition to the normal business curriculum yeah um uh, great program finished that last year and um but before I you know was I was accepted and had about six months to wait before the program started. was not employed, needed to figure out something to do. Um, leaving the military, you have a lot of time to think about what you want to do with your life, you know how when you grow up, yeah. quotes um, And I wanted to try entrepreneurship. I'd worked for the biggest bureaucracy in the world, the Department of Defense, and I wanted to track kind of the other end of the spectrum. Um, you know, solar operator, mm-hmm. just just try that, see how it feels. Yep. Um, it allowed me to be in my kids, pursue education on my own time. Um, fortunately, the GI Bill was put that bill so I could, af- I could afford to go to school and, and start my own thing. Um, and so, you know, we started together in your office, just dumping it, you know, dumping my life on the table, putting it on the whiteboard and just starting to kind of pick through, you know, what was there. Yeah. See what made sense. Yeah. Um, and there was around the same time, maybe a year or two before this all uh, uh, transpired. ScanSource bought a company called Intellisys and sold telecommunication services. And the advice that, that I got and you got and we heard was just go sell circuits. So you figure out what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Easy as falling off a truck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I didn't know what a circuit was. What is a circuit? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I thought Circuit City, you know, something to do with computers, electronics. It's an an internet or a phone line. That's what the the industry refers to. Somebody wants to
0: turn up a line. If you
1: want to open a new uh, restaurant or if you want to (laughs) open a new branch of your bank or something like that, you've got to turn up a circuit. Mm -hmm. Circuit connects you to the internet. And that's what we were trying to sell. It took me about a year and a half to really fully digest that and and, um, internalize what we were trying to do. Um, But that was what we started doing, called it Cloud Hound. I didn't have the dog at that point, but now we have the hound for Cloud Hound. Um, And we started selling circuits and it was originally all direct prospecting, didn't really start with a list, didn't even know what we were selling for that matter. It was kind of, um, you know, start you know build build the rocket ship once it's left the launch pad kind of thing but we started making some sales you know some little sales here and there my biggest thing getting out was i wanted to help people i didn't know who or how um, but i felt like you know serving in the military is helping others you're doing something so someone else doesn't have to and that's helping people yeah um so let me just stop for a second so
0: just for the noobs he got out of the military. He's got the GI Bill, which pays for your education, mm-hmm. and he got an MBA at Clemson. So he learned, kind of learned business. And I think it, with the SEALs, they did that with you all the time. It's one of the reasons you traveled all the time, is you were getting these certifications mm-hmm. in different skills. Yep. So it was very natural for you to say, "I better learn business." Mm-hmm. Um, same with learning, you know, learning sales. Right? I mean, you need to get certified in all these things or understand them. So you did that, and then and you found an opportunity. Um, With CloudHound and and with ScanSource, where you could leverage that communications background you have Mm -hmm. with the SEALs and the data analytics with Clemson to help people. Yep. Okay. So tell them about what it's like going out and making those first sales calls.
1: It's scary. Okay. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't scary. And I've I've talked about this with our sales trainer before, the guy that we worked with, uh, Walker McKay. It's it's kind of scary, and so as someone that's jumped out of an airplane and been shot at before, it's the same. It feels the same, yeah. and it's okay to acknowledge that it's kind of scary. You got a little butterfly. You're yeah. calling, you know, the big call, or you're calling somebody that's kind of daunting and a big whale client yeah. or prospect. It's scary. Plain and simple. Yeah, yeah,
0: and so <clears throat> I guess the message there is it, it is scary. It's scary for anyone, particularly when you're starting out and it's new. But you just do it anyway. Do it anyway. You yeah, get, your mean, rep, get your reps in.
1: Scary stuff shouldn't be a reason to not do it. Yeah, It just is letting you know that it, it's, you know, <clears throat> you care about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, you know, you're scared of going out of a plane because you care about yourself. You don't want to die. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> same thing. If you're making a phone call, you don't want to look silly. You don't want to, you know, have them tell you to. You know, ne- never call you again. I mean, it's, just, it's there are similarities there, even though the, the, the context is different.
0: Well, one of the things I know we did, because we've talked about this obviously before, is, you know, if a noob went to work for a big company with lots of sales training, that's a pretty good way to start. Mm-hmm. You didn't start that way you had to start kind of learning much more of it on your own. And we did have some sales training with Walker and others. Um, But one thing that Jack did consistently was he would do a little bit of prospecting every day, Mm -hmm. you know, one or two a day, he would call and say, Hey, I'm Jack. I want to meet you. Right. I want to meet you. See if there's anything I can do to help you with, with your cybersecurity or whatever.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get some yeses. Yeah, we actually had a really good rate of yeses on those first calls. I mean, I was targeting people that were business owners, yeah. um, the CEO, the leadership. I was going as high up the food chain as I can <clears throat> per per your advice. Really getting a good hit rate, getting getting coffees, getting yeah. meetings with their office. You know, going and, and get, connecting with these key leaders. And then what I was asking for was introduction to their IT leader, and that was where things really started to unravel. <laughs> it was, I was I was talking to a non-IT person uh-huh. who was perceiving me as an IT person, introducing me to their IT person and just getting shut down, really high rate of shut, you know, just yeah. dead, dead end, dead end, dead end. So um, that, was, that was how we started, you know, going to market, was was just kind of like not really know what we were doing.
0: They would give you, that was getting their the brush introduction, off, yeah. that was their brush off, was Charlie handles this. Yeah, Charlie, you know,
1: if we need something, Charlie will know about it and he'll yeah. get it from you. Yeah. That was kind of the answer and they could, they could feel good about that. They didn't say no um, and I felt great about it because it was what I wanted and it really didn't go anywhere for you know 18 months we were doing that dance so um,
0: what what changed
1: we had a i say we I had a moment um sitting in a, in a local i.t services company in their office they had about twice as much desk capacity as they needed they just moved into a new space and they were gracious enough to let me desk surf there you know half a day a week full day a week uh, and i overheard a conversation one of the guys that i sat near was just upset with you know uh, one of the local telecommunications providers and I kinda of took note, closed my laptop, and when he was done with his call, I asked him, Well, you know, what's up? And he told me, he said, these, you know, they to, they cheat us. <laughs> when our clients need help with a with the a internet circuit or a phone circuit, we call and they try they try and push the business from us like clockwork. <sighs> and so I said, you know what, you can just call me instead and realize that as they like, oh, that's great. That'd be that'd be nice for us. It'll be a benefit or a value add for for those account managers at this IT company to not have to call. AT&T or Spectrum or Windstream or whoever else anymore, because nobody likes making that phone call. Okay, that was my light bulb moment that instead of me trying to chase down the conversation with the leader and then get to the IT manager and then run into a brick wall of trust, I can go to these IT companies and they are the they are Charlie for all of their clients. Mm-hmm. And so if they trust me, that's like a t- you know, multiplier by how many number of customers they have. And so that's been our strategy since then was we look for partnerships like those uh, IT companies, uh, similarly, you know, commercial real estate companies, yeah. their clients or prospects need what we have. Mm-hmm. And so therefore our value pitch to this, we'll, we'll do this thing for you. We'll do the legwork for free, that way we get a chance to get these inbound mm-hmm. referrals and, and, and close them. So it goes from me climbing uphill, trying to get over the hump with Charlie yeah. to Charlie, trust me already. Yeah. Charlie's got 100 clients that all come to him, and he's got limited amounts of time in the day to, yeah. to call at and and get quotes and do that whole dance. And so that's what we do. Now Charlie really likes me. So you, you found success.
0: You found a way, which was... People that are already selling these companies IT services—they don't sell telecom or cloud Mm -hmm. services—and you're just tagging on with them.
1: Yeah, and oftentimes it's kind of you know I I use the Bruce Lee approach of mind like water. If if an IT services company offers you know telephones, I don't sell cell phones to their customers. That's not what they're asking me for. I'll sell just whatever they ask for. Um, so if someone needs cod services, we can give them to. It. If they need phone or internet service, we can do that. Cybersecurity, same thing. Yeah. Uh, but I honor that relationship first and foremost because that's the referral source. They're they're sending me inbound warm leads on yeah. a regular basis. Um, you know, if it's if it means I lose one less you know, one get one less new customer, so be it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a it's a good symbiotic relationship, and it's always. The relationship's more important than any one customer opportunity.
0: That's great. Well, you found a way, I'm not surprised. You found a way to make it work. <laughs> um, so, so we're talking about CloudHound right now. <clears throat> if anybody's watching, what are the couple of things that they could think about that maybe their company has that they might need your help with. They're not all gonna need your help, but some might.
1: Chances are, if chances of someone needing our help on a given day is about one in a thousand, right? Uh Typical telecom contracts on a three year cycle. So the odds of someone today or whoever, when they watch this video, or when I call them out of the blue, about one in a thousand Uh that they actually want or need to talk to us right then. So um, the time when someone would want to talk to us would be if they need to move, add, or change a circuit. Hmm. Right, move to a new location. Internet and phone needs to be turned up. Um, <clears throat> it's a task on the list when you move. Okay, um, opening up a new branch uh, or just want to change providers altogether. So okay. if you're sick of X uh, telecom company. You want to see if there's a better, cheaper, faster option out there. We'll give you the you know current industry standards, see what's out there. Just give okay. you a, a check. So
0: easy one. If someone's moving a circuit, it's mm-hmm. moving. when you turn one up. You yep. know, anything like that at the time, they might talk to you or. I know you you're, do the cybersecurity training also, mm-hmm. and you have a very small product they can they can use, a phishing product.
1: We found, yes, so we work with Hook Security locally. They're a psychological security as a service company, meaning yeah. they offer psychological security training on an ongoing basis. We use their product to conduct regular social engineering training for our clients. That means um, we make their users more aware of the threats that are out there and we test them uh, in a blind fashion so they don't know when the tests are happening to see how they do. So if you get an email that says, hey, this is, you know, Frank from IT. I need your password and username to update your account. That's not Frank. It's probably not Frank. Yeah. Uh, if you if you have a question about it, call Frank and see what's <clears throat> going on. But um, the reason for that is every single company we've talked to on, on any, any capacity, telecom, whatever, even some of your customers that I understand, I ask about cybersecurity, it's very top of mind. It's not going away. Uh, the threat is growing and evolving and changing on a daily basis. And it's the first thing that really resonated with me coming out of the military is the, the conflict between the world of these bad bad, act, bad actors in cyber and enterprise is like, a. it's very much a battlefield. It, it is not uh, that far apart. In many cases, it's the same thing. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, coming from a world where I'm studying the bad guys learning how to defeat them it's not that far apart it really wasn't a big jump to go from what i was doing previously to thinking through you know how to reduce the, the threat to a business so
0: i would say if somebody has a business that wants maybe a cybersecurity assessment or just to talk to you about it that be a good person to talk to. That'd be great. And they yeah. can reach you
1: cloudhound.us Is Cloud that. Cloudhound.us, right? that's right. And really if anyone wants to just have a technology conversation, you know, it doesn't doesn't cost you anything to talk, you know, to talk okay. to us and, and we're we're happy to do it. Okay. So. All right, just a few more questions. Um what's your favorite word? Patience. I thought it was a Tad. Person, <laughs> so patience. Patience. Okay. I mean, like I said, it took me three years from deciding to yeah. actually acting on the seal thing. Yeah. It wasn't for lack of, um, you know, could I wanted to finish college first, so that's why I did yeah. it. Um, thanks, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, patience. I mean, it, you know, it takes anything worth um, worth it. Is it takes a little time, yeah. takes effort. It's not going to happen right away. Yeah. Um, we're in a place now in year four of this business where it's just kind of starting to pay off and show results. Um, you know, the flywheels are starting to kind of turn a little bit, so, um, but if I had given up after year two or even year three, you know, pandemic could have come like, well, shut it in, you know, go find a job working for someone else. Um, I didn't want to do that. And so I knew where I wanted to go. I knew that we had seen results start, they were small and takes kind of a long time for them to start paying off. but they start to accumulate and then people start understanding what you're doing and you start finding more partners. And as as I get better at telling the story, people start to understand it better and then they start knowing how to use us better and Mm -hmm. it just starts to kind of pick up steam. Uh, I've always liked liked it to prospecting for oil. You don't expect to turn, you know, pipelines start turning out crude oil on day one mm-hmm. or even year one, mm-hmm. right? You kind of have a three year, five year plan to go prospect mm-hmm. and find and drill and cap and then you know, transport and produce. You got to yep. do all these different pieces to it to finally you know, be able to sell a barrel of oil at the end of that. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of at that point right now where we found some we found some. I love it. Some wells. I know how
0: hard you worked on it. And I'm glad you, you were patient enough to stick with it. It's wonderful, so that's great. So um, we'll switch gears. So one of the things I, I know you've done outside of work has worked with some some great local business folks on the, the the effort to recruit other seals to move to greenville mm-hmm. and i think that's called the seal future foundation and you you guys are running the greenbold division of that
1: correct fob greenville
0: okay so and i'll just tell my version of it but <clears throat> you know when jack was in the seals we were talking he went through a couple of different programs we were talking about the fact that when seals get out of the service and this is a tough job they have they typically either stay in san diego Mm -hmm. because that's where they were or virginia beach only two really guess two main seal bases um or maybe they go home Mm -hmm. but there wasn't any place that said hey Look over here. Mm -hmm. We want to make our own place here for you guys to come that's, you know, in the south and it's mainly warm and it's near the mountains and the beach and a lot of people want you here because that's not the case everywhere, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, right? There's cities in America
1: that we'd be real excited about. I wouldn't say they would be real excited. I would say that the those big markets were already saturated. Yeah. There's you know, a couple dozen seals living there. They know who each other are. Um, yeah, yeah. They're Tough. connected. Yeah, and so it wasn't that they were they were not welcome. It was that uh, Greenville had a chance to really light up on the map as the first kind of small market in the country that says, yeah. "Hey, we want to actively recruit um, you know, seals, special forces guys, guys coming out of the soft community, yeah. guys and gals." Um, to to you know you know the image i always think about is kind of the you know bridge over you know you've got to make a bridge across a you know river crossing uh someone's got to swim across with a rope and then set up <laughs> on the other side for other people to kind of come behind make it yeah. easier for everybody else and so um we kind of model ourselves after that. The Seal Future Foundation works on a FOB model, meaning there's a each city or or, or, or county has their own little FOB. So Fob Greenville supports all the you know FOB. FOB. Ford operating base. It's Four. a it's a jargon turn. Sorry. Okay. Um but there's about a dozen of us locally. We have civilian leadership as well. Uh Phil Walpole has been a fantastic partner in this uh endeavor. Um, his energy and and networking skills are through the roof. Yeah. Um but we've we put together an annual shooting event down in uh, the Sawmill in Lawrence County. April. So this, you've been doing something like this for six years. But the current thing is Sawmill. Sawmill April twenty third. Um, last year we had a hundred guests. but you know more than a dozen seals came out, and it's a great day of, of uh, fun on the range.
0: Yeah. So I remember mm-hmm. you get to shoot a fifty caliber sniper rifle for a one mile target. A- at a mile, yeah. That's pretty cool. You get to at least I don't know if it was like every year but last year they had a blackhawk helicopter mm-hmm. people were riding around in yep shooting that's, things that's correct there's other other guns and then door i think uh you remember that i think mr bauer and i won the uh
1: the <laughs> house cleaning <laughs> yeah. clearing not yeah. cleaning yeah clearing two years ago you were the we uh you were the, the champ house. The, not just to clear the house but the whole day you guys were the one top top shooting pair yeah. it was that's very impressive true. yeah um
0: so it is a great, fun day. What we found, or what I've found as a as a supporter, is that it's the best way to get to know the seals. Mm-hmm. We used to, y'all used to have them come to Greenville yeah. and like get on stage and give <laughs> yeah. a little talk. And, you know, it was really dumb. Fish out of water. But I know, yeah. but it, you know, that... That was the man going across the river with the rope. Yeah, <laughs> trying to figure yeah, it out figure
1: out what works. Yeah. And and you know Greenville's really we're we're leading the country right now in terms of fundraising uh, for the Seal Future Foundation. Awesome. Um, just can't, can't put enough events together. We we'll get yeah. more interesting. and we can we can uh, provide services for. So it's a great great thing. Um, I'm making sure to put it out to my my network as well. Yeah. And and you know. I'm hearing about it from people that I've never met before, SEALs and, and otherwise. And so a
0: couple couple things I think our our listeners can do if they're interested.
1: One, they will go to where? What website? to Check this out. You, you're you quizzing me on something that I don't know off the top of my head. I said if you Google the SEAL Future Foundation, okay. uh, it'll take you to a, the a page. The Greenville event? The Greenville event is listed on the main, okay, main so website. Seal yep. that, or dot seal or okay, so SEALFutureFoundation.com. sealfuturefoundation/events.com or something along okay. those you lines. You can find
0: it on that. Um, You can contact me if you can't find it. I'll share it with you. Um, And if you have jobs and you'd like to hire seals that are getting out, you can funnel us directly to me or to Jack. Uh, You can get him at Mm Cloudhound.us. And uh, you've got—I think you've got my information. So, anyone, if you say, "Hey, I'd like to have someone do such and such," or I've got these positions open. We'll, we'll 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 move it around the
1: community. Yeah, it's great. We, that we we're happy to do that. And on the, the flip side, we get guys that are considering or, or already committed to moving to Greenville that are looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's, it's a really nice um, way to help, you know, continue to stay engaged with the community that I love, um, and, and, and the the people that I really enjoy working with. Good, that well, community, So
0: We're glad you're back in Greenville for many reasons. That's just one of them, but that's a really good cause. And anyone thinking about going to the sawmill, that's a really great event. So thank you for being here. We appreciate you. It's
1: good to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Hey, it's John here. Thanks for listening today. Please check out NoobSchool.org. That's my website. That's where we have other videos and content that can help you get started in sales.